This is The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for tyre power. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. Follow us on Twitter at Rabbit Hole SEN. Great to have you with us for episode 11 of The Rabbit Hole. Twitter is the place to go if you want to find us at Rabbit Hole SEN or you can go to the Twitter app on your phone, the little pink purple thing, and that'll get it for you. It's got a microphone, it's called Podcast, and you type in The Rabbit Hole. Hope you can hear me loud and clear this morning. I've got a brand new microphone set up and I'm very happy with it. Welcome to you, Whispers. Gary, can you just check your microphone technique before we go any further? Because I've been getting a lot of feedback from people to say that uh, they've got to turn well, the volume right, right, right up because you're not speaking properly no, into the microphone. Well, because I had that. Do your sound check, please, before we go any further. <laughs> Let me just say first, I had the dodgy one where I had to almost break my back to speak into it, but now I've got one up here. I said to you, Dwayne Russell, who I work a lot with and yes. love, and he's a beautiful broadcaster. So we go, in, you're into the. Uh, yeah, yeah, commentary booth, and you're yep. sitting there, and they go, right, can you just talk to the director? Yep, g'day, uh, how you going, uh, Steve? Yeah, good. Oh, I'll do a sound check for you. And I go, yeah, no worries. Right, oh, no, here we are, um, Eddie Head Stadium, Marvel Stadium, roof shut, big game, Hawthorne taking on the Bulldogs, you know, hopefully the Bond gets the job done. How'd that go, Steve? Yeah, no, perfect, Gary, yep. Uh, Dwayne, and this is what Dwayne, Dwayne does this every single time. He goes, yeah, ready? Yep. Poor pleasure, pleasure, <laughs> poor, poor, poor pleasure, poor pleasure, poor pleasure. Got that, boys? Poor pleasure. He's more professional than me. <laughs> it doesn't sound Well, because he knows that it's, a, it's all about... Oh, it's the, about popping. It's about the pop, pop, yep. pop. So right. Pop, 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 right. pop. <laughs> does he eat, um, does he chew on anything during the broadcast to keep his voice... I, I have a photo. At the right level or I, not? I generally take a photo yep. of Dwayne getting, as he prepares... To broadcast, and I send it to the, <laughs> the boys because they don't believe me. He will have in his corner four cans of V, mm. five cans of Coke, a bag of chocolate, a block of chocolate, a bag of chocolates, and sometimes a bottle of milk. <laughs> That's his preparation. Milk. Yeah, Brooksy, you can talk. And three coffees. And, th- oh, three, and three coffees. Well, Brooksy, our producer, knows him because he works with him on radio. So his radio um, performance is very similar to his TV performance. Poop. Right. Pleasure. Does he go through that as well, the poor pleasure? No, that's, his no, that's just his he special saves that, He saves that for that's television. For that's for you. Yeah. That's not for television. It's just for Gary. But then he's getting ready to – how could he sleep? How could Dwayno – we should get him on. We should get Dwayno on and have a chat with him about it. Because with that much caffeine, because right. caffeine stimulates, right. like he gets up. Does he need to be stimulated? Well, you know, he's I thought a, the game would be enough. Well, he's the main man. He's up. He's I a know professional. He's a main man. Pleasure. I never saw Bruce or Dennis operate well, with any different. caffeine in their system. They've got different styles. Well, I know they have, but they didn't need the caffeine boost. What different style? <laughs> then, I never saw Den drink anything or eat anything, to well, be honest. I didn't need to. He, and Bruce. But he, Bruce he, is up all the time Dwayne, anyway. Well, he's never needed it. Do I know that's how he does it, and he's magnificent. I love working with him because he's a, he's got enthusiasm just coming out of his pores. Paws. Paws. <laughs> <laughs> Can you? See, I'm a bit self-conscious today. Why? Because I've got this new cologne on, which is Joe Malone, which is a very nice cologne. Feminine. But well, I'm a bit worried that is it too? I went with it. They said it was their male unisex cologne, right. which is an intense cologne, and it is Tonka Myrrh, right? Tonka uh-huh. Myrrh is the name of the cologne. But I was a bit worried, but I smell a bit florally. Have mm. you picked anything up or not? It was a bit Because I won't wear it again if it's well, too you, floral. You walked over to me at up half past five this morning and you stuck your neck right on my nose. I did. Well, I wanted you to have a Not good sniff of it. 5.30 in the morning. I wanted you to have a good sniff of it. I liked it. Mm. I did like it. It smelled nice. 
I didn't think it was overly feminine. You although, said I smelled like beer for your mum. <laughs> well, at <laughs> five thirty, my my, my uh, sinuses aren't at their best. Right. Well, but I, had, I've had I liked it. it. Okay, we've had it on since five o'clock this morning, so we're up to what about nine? Half hour, so that, what's that? About four and a half hours? No, four and a half hours now. Can you still smell it? Because when no, I went on I can't before I bought it, when I went online, I always look at the reviews. Do you ever look at reviews? No, I'm, I don't make I up always, my, I, I always, always, always look at the reviews Why? to hear what people are saying about particular things, whether you're buying clothing or you're buying an article, what, so whatever you, it might be. That to me says you're, you're weak. No, you got to listen to what yes. people are saying. No, Someone, make up your own mind. Well, some people said that it's not lasting. It's not intense enough. Even when you buy, buy the black bottle and it's the intense version, it's not intense enough and it doesn't last long enough. I sometimes leave reviews as well, and I include you. You leave a review, do you? Well, I sometimes include you in the review. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I often say that, um, you know, if I'm buying something at, uh, and I bought something from one of those labels, I say yes, and I bought one, and I bought one for my <laughs> good friend Gary my too. Partner. My partner, Gary. <laughs> oh, I don't well. mention that you're my on-air partner. I just say my partner, well, Gary. I wouldn't even raise an eyebrow. I said I had to go up a couple of sizes for Gary, but uh, <laughs> yeah. he seems to enjoy wearing the new cashmere. That wouldn't raise an eyebrow anywhere in the world. Well, it never has. It um, never has. But well, uh, I actually asked you on, I like reviews. Because we do a radio show together, for those that may or may not know. Mm. And I asked you this, and I didn't give it enough time. So this is what a podcast and the rabbit hole does. We can we can go wherever we want. And I said, what's your preparation in the morning to come in to get on air at 6 o'clock? Mm. And you said to me, I get up, mm. I put my clothes on, I mm. get a coffee, and then I go. Yep. No, well, I, my preparation starts the night before. So I put every I, I put everything out that I'm going to wear the next morning, so I don't make too much noise in yeah, the house. Yeah. So I put it up on the hook on the bathroom hook. So I have my top, my t-shirt, my trousers, and then I put my socks down on top of my shoes, ready to go. I make sure that they're unlaced, and so that I can just pop them my feet straight into them. What are you twelve? No, I don't want to waste any time. I set the alarm for a specific time. I know exactly how long it's going to take me to get ready, and then I'm out the door. Well, the um, oh, hang on. I go down to the fridge. I have a swig of, uh, I like sparkling water first thing in the morning. I actually wash my face with cold water as well because that sort of wakes your face up first thing in the morning. I put a little bit of moisturizer on. And then I put my cap on. I go downstairs. I give Pat, I give him a little pat, not a big pat, because if I give him a big pat, stimulating. He's, it's stimulating, he and thinks he thinks he's going for a walk. He thinks he's up for the day. Yeah. So I've made that mistake a couple of times. So I just give him a little gentle pat. Yeah. And then I go to the fridge. I get a bowl of sparkling water out. I have a swig, and then I'm out. The staggering thing for me is that you don't have a shower. I have a shower the night before. You go to bed clean. That's the whole idea. Well, you just, don't want to dirty the sheets. You go to bed clean. I couldn't go anywhere without a shower. Well, you go to bed dirty then. I shower both. I have about three sh- two showers. Well, you're wasting, showers. Water. you're wasting water. I don't care. <laughs> well, you should. No, I don't. You should. We're not, we haven't got a water shortage here. Why do you have two showers? Why I do have, you have three one? sometimes. For the day. I wake up, have a shower. Every single day I wake up. Unless I'm going for a run straight away. Why do you feel the need to have a shower before you come into work in the morning? Because it wakes me up. It freshens me up. Well, I try f- my method, no. which is just splashing your face well, with some nice cold water. I do that. I, I, I splash my face, yep. go down, turn the coffee machine on. Right. Then I come back and have the shower, yeah. go back, get my coffee, and I'm here hours before you. If you don't mind me saying, I think you're wasting too much time in the morning and too much water. Too. No, I'm not. I think you are. Tim. You are the, you're the odd one out here that doesn't have a shower before they go to work. I'll, Brooksy, do you have a shower? What time? Brooksy gets in here at three. He has a shower. 
Do you have a shower before you go to bed at night time? Yes, two. See, he has two showers as well. All right. You're coming in here. I'm not dirty. I want you to try having a shower next week. I'm going to have to get up earlier then. Well, get up earlier. I don't want to. It's only 10 minutes. Yeah, but I'm going to wake people up. No, you won't. We've got a tiny little one-bedroom flat. <laughs> oh, God. You know how tiny our house is. Is this you? I'll be waking people up. Is this you, by the way? What do you mean, is this me? So our producer, Brooksy, I refer to Brooksy. What's he got there? He's got a review of a top, and it says, Mr. T of Australia. I love this jumper. I've bought it in two colours, and I'll buy the third. My hope is that Buck Mason will extend the colour range. It's the perfect weight for wearing under a jacket on a cool autumn night. That's me. (laughs) You do write reviews. I told you I write reviews, and sometimes I include Gary with two R's. (laughs) My partner, Gary, I'll be thinking of buying him a pair of these as well. Do you make them in an extra, extra, extra large? He's got a very big back. He's got a very big backside, <laughs> and, and if I'm buying him a top, he's got unusually long arms. Who do you think you are, <laughs> Mister T of Australia? This is Buck Mason, our favourite yeah. over in New York. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I love this jumper. <laughs> I've bought it in two colours. And I'll buy it in the third. And then you say, my hope is that Buck Mason... Do they write back to you? Yeah, they do sometimes. Wow. They left a bit out about my partner, Gary. What a wink. I don't know. They must have thought that I was having I've a... I've never written a review in my life. Well, you should try doing that. You should try writing a review. On the subject of reviews, before we get into other stuff... Rabbit holes everywhere today. Everywhere. There's everywhere. a whole host of them. We okay. now might I... dart down one quickly or we might go down for a... Like, the ferret goes down and stays mm. down there for a long time. That's right. And as you and I both know, because we've both been rabbiting with ferrets, there's a number of exits for a rabbit. And so you've got to net each of those holes in case they come out one of those other holes, don't you? Well, that's how ferreting works. That's right. And you hear, and well, you hear they that. don't gloss over that. And you hear the thump, thump, thump in the ground. Some people wouldn't understand what ferreting is all about. I tell you what, if the, you've never if you've been ferreting, kids, if you've, you've got, got kids, kids and you've never been ferreting, you are doing your children a disservice because I would well, – would, no. you, would you be comfortable in saying – I would be comfortable in saying that there wouldn't be a kid in the world, boy or girl, mm. who wouldn't love and enjoy ferreting? Up to a point. What's the point? Well, there's a couple of – there are a couple of experiences within the ferreting world. Not that, post getting the rabbit, I'm that, saying. That's one of them. Okay, but you don't... And the other one is if the ferret does... If the if the ferret goes down and then the um, little Johnny says... He's been down a long time. 20 minutes, where's the ferret? And you can't... You don't feel like saying, oh, I think he stumbled onto something and he's just having a bit of a... Oh, no. I've never known a ferret to do that, not to come back up again. I've never known that to happen. Tim. I have never known that to happen. Tim. They nip them on the hind, and I'm that's why the about, rabbit takes off. Okay, I don't want to upset anyone, but I'm not talking about the big bunnies. Right, okay. So, but you'd be you'd be with me in saying, you'd be with me in, you'd be with me in, <laughs> I'm not interested in that. You'd be with me in saying, though, that kids love, like, the whole adventure part of it. The excitement when you go, listen, kids, see if you can hear something, and mm. you hear that means there's a bunny who's been nipped on the bottom by a ferret and he's going to fly out the rabbit hole and you've got to hope that you've got the net over it. In the right hole. Yes. If you have, it'll go, and the net will yep. go flying. And That's the right. little bunny will be all tangled up. Yeah, it's great. It, like, and then you let him go and say, where yeah, you go, you. bunny? Yeah, well, 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 well there you go. <laughs> Good you're fun. Not, away you, you you're not big enough for us to capture today. <laughs> we'll come back in 12 months' time and see if you haven't grown <laughs> a bit. That's right. That's right. Um, but it's great fun. And um, 
Why are we? Oh, that's a rabbit hole. Anyway, but I asked you. I sent you down a rabbit hole because, what was it? as you know, I I watch a lot of reality TV. Oh yeah. And I watch a lot of the dating programs. Oh, you do. Four, Why do you do that? Four in particular. Okay. So I've watched Maths. Farmer wants a roof over his head. Yes. Uh, Love is blind. Never seen it. Okay, you should watch that one as well. And also the one I just put you onto, which I'm hoping that you might give us sort of like. A review on, yes. and that is Indian matchmaking with Auntie. Yeah, I went and watched eight episodes. Who likes to say you can't be too picky? <laughs> Miss India was on it. Yes, or Miss Universe. Yeah, well, no, she was the Miss India entrant right. in Miss Universe. She didn't anyway, win Miss Universe. I fast forwarded through the what whole. What didn't thing. you like about it? Well, I you pay twenty but you pay twenty thousand yep. dollars, right, to get the services of Auntie, yeah. and she will scour the world for yeah. a match for you. Yeah, what didn't you like? I about didn't it? watch it. I, I, when I saw Miss India, mm. she interested me, and I thought, why would Miss India be struggling to find a partner? Well, probably not. So I fast forwarded through mm. everything just so I could see if she ended up with a partner, and ultimately she ended up going to see someone like a psychologist, yep. Yep. and they worked out what her problem was, and then they didn't. I didn't see her get a partner. So well, that's you, the last I watched you her. you got to hang in there because the reason she's got some issues, uh, family-related issues, and she doesn't want to leave mum and dad and leave anyway, her home. Anyway, auntie is the boss. Auntie is the boss. But can I just – I like the show. And Cole, I think, you know, the thing about it is if you watch Love is Blind, that's when they're behind a wall and they can't see the people. They can only talk to them, right? A perfect match. Yes, but it's a match without seeing somebody, and you're not allowed to ask some questions about well, their physical appearance. Uh, physical appearance, yeah, it was similar to Dexter and all that type of thing. But it's sort of like over a period of time. So they stand behind a wall, yeah. they ask each other questions, they try and form a relationship without seeing each other, mm. and then at some point they actually propose. So they get to the point where they fall in love without even seeing each other. It's intense, Gary. Intense. Stupid. And there's a Brazilian one. There is. Um, uh, a, a Japanese one. There's an American one, and culturally, you learn you learn um you learn a lot about different people of and the way the, they operate. Of all the things, the that, Japanese people are very very reserved, as you'd expect. Well, I didn't need to watch that show to re- work that out. The Brazilians like rabbits. The what? Like rabbits? They go at it like rabbits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a very strong well, physical Tim, attraction. You are a smart, well-educated, cultured man. Mm. Why do you watch that junk stuff? As I've just told you, because I think you col- don't learn I learn anything. I learn a lot about different people. I learn a lot about different cultures, all that sort of stuff. I find it fascinating, and relationships too. I mean, what is the world? It's relationships. That's what the world is. Yeah, it's about communication. It's about uh, not just between man and woman, but men and men and women and women and people and people mm. of all ages. That's what we do. You and I communicate all the time. Yeah. I have learnt better ways of communicating by watching these oh, programs. Have I have, and the thing that I always come back to is exactly what Auntie says all the time. What? You can't be too picky. <laughs> You can't go looking for 100% Gary, 100% match. You can't get all that criteria. He's turned into, um, he thinks he's the man of a thousand voices. Have you had to catch a taxi again after last week? (laughs) I haven't been in a cab since last week. I listened back to the podcast last week, Mm. which I don't normally do. Mm. I did laugh at that taxi driver. That was a very, very funny story because I could see exactly how it happened. And I wish I had been with you with that other the taxi driver who kept saying bullshit about your story about the other one. Yeah, but I left out I left a couple of bits out of that story, oh. and I'll think about it later. 
because when I hopped in the cab, he said to me, uh, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to pick up my car over in Hawthorne. Yeah. Well, what wrong with it? And I said, um, I had to have it fixed. He said, well, why you send it? Yeah. Like why you send it to the, uh, mechanic. the mechanic, you fix it yourself. I said, well, well I can't, I, I don't know. I'm not a mechanic. Mm. I know a mechanic. I know a mechanic. You fix it yourself. You Google. He knew a mechanic. He's a mechanic. He wasn't a mechanic, but he, he said, I know. He, he Googles everything. He knows a mechanic. No, no, no. He knows Google. I know mechanic. No, no, no. <laughs> he goes on Google. Oh, and he, he fixes his car by he Google. Fo- he follows everything by Google and fixes it. That's amazing. Actually, I, I have no capacity to do that. I have no capacity to follow instructions. I did that the other day. What, you fixed a mechanical problem in your car on Google? The chain on my chainsaw, well, I probably should do this in the farming segment yeah. for Kubota, but I'm going to give you a little, uh, a little extra, an extra drop. Right. So it was getting loose. It kept getting loose, mm. right? And so I'd go and... You know, chop some, and after a couple of zoom, the chain was too loose. Yep. So I went online and just Googled how do I tighten my chain and just went through the process and tickety-boo. You shouldn't have a chainsaw if you don't know how to tighten the chain. I No, no. Have you never tightened the chain before? No. Let's be really clear about this. Yes, I've tightened the chain many times. Right, you loosen the nuts. Yeah, this will be good. Right, listen, yep. Well, you loosen the nuts. Yeah, that's there's, right. There's two main nuts. That's right. You loosen those, yes, right? Yes. And then you just pull the bar out a little yes, bit. Yes, that's right. And then you retighten it. Yes. And then there's. there's but don't little, make it too tight. There's a little screw in there. Yeah, you there's know a, that? Yeah, there's a little screw. So you get your screwdriver out and that tightens That's right. It. And, that tightens the bar. And it wasn't tightening. Ah. So then you've got to lift the bar up mm. a little bit. Right. And then you just tighten it. And you leave a little bit of slack in the chain and then you tighten with the actual screw. Right. So this was the last time you Googled Yeah, and anything. I fixed it. And how long did it take you to find it on Google? What? 20 seconds. Yeah. That's the great thing about Just Google. type in. Yeah. How do I tighten my yes. chain? Yes. It's not that hard. There, no. But there's so much, there is, in this new world of ours, which sometimes leaves you and I behind not a, me. a touch. Well, me mainly. You. Behind a touch. The great thing is that you've just touched on and my uh, Vietnamese cab driver did. And that is Google, like Google, when you use Google for those things yeah. or media, that, like what do you call it? The computer and things like that for those things. Technology. That's, yeah, technology. That's what when is, it's. What do you call it? <laughs> that's when technology. It's, that's when it's useful. Because often, you know, you and I talk about technology in a really negative way because no, of all the other things, you know, the social media and Not stuff like bullshit. that. Not that bullshit. It's all the social media stuff. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. We're going to launch a new segment today, you said. Mm. All modesty aside. All modesty aside, yes. Because you wanted to talk about your goal. Was that what you wanted to talk about? I was thinking about this uh, yesterday when I was, we ran on the news, the Channel 7 News during the week, the three goals. We don't normally do this. In fact, I don't think we've ever done this before. But I said to the failed producer, Luke, mm. who is my immediate boss at Channel 7, I said, what about this for an idea? Three great goals, three great goal nominations during the week. Ashcroft, Rankin, and Walters. Everyone was talking about the Ashcroft goal, but the Rankin goal was fantastic. And then we showed the Walters goal last night too. So we ran those at the end of sport. And then that made me think about, you know, the time that you and I have spoken a lot about that goal that I kicked in the Escort Cup. You've spoken about it. Well, you you, you like it. Well, you do you just pretend that you like talking about it because you seem to raise it a lot. I don't need to raise it a lot. You weave it into conversation, and then I say, oh, you're talking about the goal the Escort Cup. Yeah. Well, all modesty aside, that was a great goal. 
as you know, and in the context, I think great he, goals are scored at great times of a game. What was the time of that game? Well, the game was still in the balance in the third quarter. All modesty aside, okay, I'm just going to park all modesty here as we talk about right this. Yeah. I know that's what you want me to do. Yes, exactly. What, that's exactly <laughs> what I want you to do. <laughs> so the game what was... What year was it? It was 1981, Escort Cup. How old were you? I was whatever, uh, 81, for 1920. 19 or 20? 19. Night grand finals were big yep. back in the yep. day. All modesty aside. I was out of shape too. Well, when fat. I say out of shape, no. I was actually, fat. I was in a, I was a perfect shape. Would Caliper or Corn have come after you? <laughs> he would. I was a perfect shape. I was a circle, right? So <laughs> <laughs> I was a perfect circle. Why were you, why were you caring a bit? I was, because I broke my ankle in the preseason, oh, okay. right? And I sat at home all day eating chocolate right. and forgot about training. And yeah. then I finally got back and I can only play a little bit in pieces. But anyway, I was in the, in the Escort Cup Grand Final. And it was in the third quarter. We're playing against Carlton. And it was a boggy, like it was a yeah. boggy night. Like I, a really, I remember it well. Really boggy, boggy, dirty, cold. There was a little bit of rain about, but not particularly wet, right? Right. But Carlton were in front, third quarter, game still in the balance. Grant Fowler had kicked a goal on the boundary line, which was a good goal, but that hadn't put us in front and really hadn't created the momentum no. that we needed. Because Grant Fowler wouldn't. As good a nice a little player as he was, no, but he wouldn't inspire. No, but we we're looking for. You're looking for something we were more. Looking, we were looking for a game starter, a game shifter. Yeah, yeah, a, 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 yeah. And yeah. that's when all modesty aside, that's <laughs> did that's you when sense I, that moment. I did. Right. I did. I all sent, modesty aside. All modesty aside, I sensed that moment. And that's when I jumped and broke the Bob Beeman long jump record um, unofficially. That so you night. had the ball under your arm, and then you no, no, no. I didn't have a ball under my arm. The ball was a crumb. What, you grabbed the ball mid-leap? Yes. No, it was a cr- – so the ball came off the pack, right? Yes. The ball came off the pack, yeah. landed in the Wisp's arms, <laughs> and then the Wisp saw trouble ahead of him, and there were four or five characters laid out on the ground. What? Yeah. And that's when the Wisp, even in the mud, <laughs> at this stage because there'd been a little bit of rain during the game, the mud was almost up to and covering my knees. That's how deep the mud was. Somehow the wish managed to extract his larger than normal thighs because of the fact that he was a little bit out of shape, out of the mud. Yes. He bounded over the gentleman on the ground, yes. broke the world long jump unofficially record, Could the Bob Beeman, which was set, by the way, at high altitude in Mexico in 1968. And there was no high altitude out there at Waverley this particular night. It was a very damp, Did you hear the crowd? Dark, Gary, did I hear the crowd? <laughs> it was deafening. It was deafening. I heard I heard the people, most of, or a lot of SM people were back at Windy Hill in the um, social club watching it. Oh. I heard them go up as one. Right. That's how deafening the noise was. Yeah. So, so anyway, over, at that stage of the game. You're midair. Midair. I jumped over, bang, bang. And then, well, you know the quickest bloke on the Carlton team? Do you know who that was back in the day? Uh, Alex Marku. Wayne Harms. Was he piggy? I saw Harmsy coming towards me. Yeah. And so this is the second the second, <laughs> second act, act. The second act. <laughs> I thought it was one act. Often overlooked mm. when there's been a retelling of this story. Right. And that was he came at me, yeah. right? I caught him out of, out of the corner of my eye. Just yeah. a, just like a a blue flash. <laughs> and I thought the wish thought to himself, <laughs> I gotta go over him or I've got to go round him. We're gonna go through him. Or well, I've got to go over him, through him, oh. or I've got to go around him. Oh. 
I put a little bit of a bork on, yeah. just a little bit of a fade, a yeah. turn, straightened up, whooshka, right Straight through. Past him. Right through. Didn't right get through. a hand on you. Did not get a hand. I had to celebrate, but I thought, look, a subdued celebration. Don't go over the top here, Wisp. Right. The game's not over. <laughs> you've, you've changed the momentum of the game. Fair enough. <laughs> But it's not over yet. We've got a whole half of this quarter plus another final quarter to play yet. All modesty aside. All modesty aside. This is going to be my favourite segment. Running a 15-metre penalty. Starting to look dangerous now, Aston Peter. They still can't get the goals on the board, though, can they, Lou? McClure from the back. Skipping over. Watson. Watson racing into goal. (laughs) Shoots. And he's put it through. Well, what an opportune comment. Listen to the crowd. Have you heard anything like that? I've not heard a crowd like that. Have you ever heard a crowd like that? Wow, what a segment that's going to be. (laughs) That's going to be my favourite segment (laughs) on this show. I'm just going to do the show just for that. (laughs) All modesty aside, though, because I mentioned this to you this morning, and I said, look, can you give us one goal? No, I'm not following following that. I can't follow that. There's no way I could follow that. I I can follow it, because in the last quarter, I kicked another (laughs) one. (laughs) I kicked another one. No. Yes. What was it? I kicked another one, and uh, it was across my body, and uh, that sort of – I'd already got the ball rolling, but the last quarter I kicked another one going to goal, so I snapped it back across my body with my left foot over my shoulder sort of thing. You know, compared to the first one, though, it was pretty much just a routine sort of – Was it the of, sealer, though? Well, yeah, it was sort of the sealer. I could have kicked another one too, but then <laughs> Wayne Foreman rang past me. Oh, no. I was – he should have recognised that – you were on fire. I had thing under control, hot. and it wasn't the time to call for a handball. Right. I looked at him. I thought, oh, I've already probably won the car tonight. <laughs> I'll give it to him. I just handballed him. Do you won the car anyway? I got I all modesty aside. I got a car for that. I got a. Uh, I won the player of the series. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And Susie crashed. I got a telly. I got a telly that night. Oh, got a TV. I got a TV that night. Right. Yeah. And then later on, they surprised me when they invited me into World of Sport that Sunday morning, and they wheeled the car out there, and then they said, "That's yours. That's on record. It's all yours." Yeah. I went away on a footy trip, came back, and it was all pranged. <laughs> Susie smashed. It was a write-off. You can write into the. Can you write in at Rabbit Hole? How do you contact us? On Twitter. On Twitter. And you, you can ask for an all modest mm. – you can ask for any part of our careers. Of our lives. Well, of our lives, yeah. Um, well, let's maybe keep it to footy. <laughs> of our careers where you want the honest truth, yep. all modesty aside. Yep. And that's the example that you're going to get from right. the Wisp. That is absolute gold. Do you think it's got it's got uh, legs as a little segment or not? You won't like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Rabbit Hole for tyre power. Get your free five-minute tyre safety check. Well, I haven't even got the bomber from the bush. I'm still recovering from the all modesty aside. Uh, absolutely sensational. So send through um, a particular part of the career that you want sorted yep. out and you'll get the full, honest, unadulterated truth there. And, right. And uh, that's not hard either for us to come up with that sort of commentary. No, not at all. No. Um, have you been signing stuff over the years? Signing what? Have you changed... This is just one of those little rabbit holes. I just thought of this. Have, mm-hmm. have you had the same signature from day one? Yep. I used to a, practice it. Did you? Before you got school. to the, You didn't, did I you? I did. Well, in, just in case you needed it. Yep. All modesty aside, all right? All modesty aside. That segment's finished now. So all modesty aside, you started practicing yes, your signature. How old were you when you started practicing? 13. <laughs> <laughs>
on the off chance, on the off chance, <laughs> chance Tim, you're gonna be someone might want it somewhere down the track. Oh, that makes me laugh. That makes <laughs> me laugh. Hey, I was watching TV the other night, mm-hmm. and um, it was must have been Friday night. Yeah, Ross Lyon was there, and you said that you're going to be talking to Ross Lyon, yep. and you and he went uh, way back. We What's did. your connection at junior football level with so, him? So, Ross Lyon was a very, very good uh, junior footy player. So you know all the junior things you played in under 15s and 16s. Anyway. It got to 1984, and I come to Melbourne to play under-19s. Rossi was playing with Fitzroy, um, really good player yep. at Fitzroy. Anyway, if you had played in the high, uh, Herald – I think it was called Herald Shield. Yeah, it was. Yep. Herald Shield, yeah. Yep. And I played at Melbourne High, yep. and Rossi was playing – I don't know where he played, Heidelberg Heights or something. Anyway, they picked the team, the Victorian squad, to go to Ireland, like in their under-16 tour, right? Because the senior tour were going to go at the end of 84. And so they said, we'll send the junior tour in the middle of the year and they can sort of make, you know, Alan Schwab was, a, he came with us. Yep. And so he said that, um, you know, they can go and do you know, the tour and we can learn where we need to be. And then when the seniors go, anyway. Right. So how old were you? 16. Sorry. 16, okay. 1984. And, yeah. And so they picked this squad of whatever, 50. And you had to go and try out all the time with a round ball and all that sort of stuff. And it got narrowed down, narrowed down. And Don Scott was the coach. The great Don Scott was coaching, right? Right. And he... That would have been a culture shock for everyone. Every Sunday morning you go to training and you do the training and he would just sit there like this. He'd have his arms crossed Mm. and he'd just be watching. He had long hair, slick back, long hair. He had a shark tooth necklace. Right. And he'd just watch. What was he wearing though? Oh, yeah, he had a trackie on. Right. And he never talked to us, right? Mm. And then it got down to the team, got picked finally, and Ross got – I was in the team. Ross was in the team. Soss was in the team. Um, Johnny Blakey was in the team. Wow, talented uh, team. I think Mark Bays was in the team. Dean Bailey was in the team. Jeff Parker, who played for Essendon, was in the team. Those are really – it was a really strong team. Well, it was a who's who with the under-16 world back in the That's day. It was. It? So we – after this trial period, we then turn up for our first session and Scotty talks to us for the first time, right? And it was the most terrifying thing you've ever heard. Well, he said, you think you're good, you blokes. He said, you got, we've got to do a time trial before every training session. So we were at school. We'd come down, train and play for Melbourne. On the Wednesday, we'd go and train for this tour and we'd have to do a 15K time, a 15-minute time trial every session. On the Wednesday afternoon. Before we started. And then Sunday we'd try again. Then we had a practice match and we played the in a Gaelic practice match against, it was like, I can't remember who it was. Like a, it was a Fitzroy Gaelic team right. out there and they had older blokes and they played against us at VFL Park. And we beat them because yeah. we should have. But they were pretty, they were big and strong and tough and it was pretty rugged. Anyway, we're feeling pretty happy with ourselves. And we come into the room at VFL Park and Don Scott sits us down and we're all sitting there going, oh, yeah, how good are we? We beat the old blokes, you know. And he said, you're all cowards. <laughs> That's how he said this. Oh, you're all cowards. <laughs> and we look, I'm looking at him. He goes, I saw, this is how he described it. He goes, white feathers flying everywhere. <laughs> That's what he said. White feathers, you shoot yourself. You're a coward. And he just abused all of us. And the theory was. As the, you should with 16 year olds. The ball was going over our head, right? Yeah. So I turned and others would turn around because it had gone over our head to then crumb, you know, the marking yep. contest yep. and then you'd be crumb front and square and I've got a couple of those crumbs. Coward, I want you backing into that pack, you coward. 
<laughs> so you go, pardon? So we, for the rest of our time with him, you've got Stephen Jouwani, the who was about to become the fullback of the century, just running backwards, <laughs> flat out into packs. Bang! Well done! <laughs> so that's how he coached us, right? So imagine that. Okay, so this is a very coachable group of players. So he, they yeah. weren't cowards. We weren't cowards. I hope to think we weren't cowards. No, but you weren't tough enough for him. No. Ever. And but, you're never going to be tough enough. But... We, we were very coachable, so that's what we did. Mm. So by the time we got to Ireland to play this first game against the team, we were wound up like tops, right? Were you the captain, by the way? No, no, I wasn't. No. We, I don't think we had a captain. Ross right. Ross was nominally our leader. He right. was sort of the – anyway, we play this team, and he gives us the pregame speech, uh, Scotty. I want to tell you about my horse. And he, <laughs> and he tells us about his show jumping horse, right? He had big show jumpers that would jump over the fence – but it was the little one that just never, ever balked at a fence. And he wound us up, right? And we, like, we're frothing the mouth. Right. We go out and play this game. Did you jump over the fence to get onto the green? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to bring my book in. I couldn't <laughs> find it. The first game of this Goodwill tour of five weeks, halfway through the second quarter, Rossi tripped someone. I think it was Rossi. Right. Accidentally, yeah. Then a fight starts. Right. So then there's like a bit of a scuffle. Next minute, it's a guy comes in and karate kicks one of our players on the nose and breaks his nose, blood everywhere, and then it's on, right? And I'm like, I'm a skinny 15. I'm not a fighter, but I'm running it. Mm. Next minute, I'm getting throttled. I'm thinking, oh, a player's got me from behind. It's like a 60-year-old man in a suit. The whole crowd had come <laughs> flying onto the pitch, right? Where are you? In <laughs> Ireland somewhere. <laughs> and they all come charging over the fence. <laughs> so there's 15 schoolboys. Against 400. <laughs> the town. So the other side is our team and Don Scott and all our bench. Is Don into it? Our bench empty, right. including Don Hanley, who was the footy oh, manager. A well-known great fighter. Alan Schwab started street, to run on. Don Hanley, one of the great Don street says, fighters. Get back here! And he wouldn't, he said, let him go. So the fifth, it was 15 on 300. So we had to, and anyway, the game's going to be stopped. The tour's going to be called off. It was, And they sorted it out. We, f- we finished the game without any further um, incident. Then we, for two days, we were good to get billeted out to the family of one of the other team, right? Right. So, Not the team you just had a brawl with. Yes. <laughs> 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 so we go into the, for the post game with these Irish people and they go, right. And we all we're doing is looking at this one bloke who had karate kicked our guy, Shane, oh. Shane, Shane LaPair. Right. Essendon. He was at Essendon. Yeah. And, and we're thinking, I don't care where I go. I don't care which family I go to. They can be axe murderers, but I'm not going to that bloke's family. <laughs> like, we, no, no one, we hated this guy, you know. So they'd be going, righto. Um, you know, Dean Bailey, you're with uh, Dennis O'Rourke. And then the family come in and, you know, they shake hands and off they go for two days. And then we're all sitting there and the countdown's on, you know. Right. <laughs> and this bloke's still this there. This bloke's still there. And there's about five people left. And I'm, oh, I'm going to get this bloke. And he, I don't know what his name was. John John O'Malley. And they go, John O'Malley and the other five folks go, oh, no. You're with Stephen Silvani. <laughs> we're all cheering. Sauce's going, oh, no. <laughs> He had to go and stay with the the the, the, the finish to the story is him and Sauce lifelong mates. Stay, have stayed lifelong friends. And great he was a great guy, just got caught up at the moment. He was I think he worked at the brewery at Guinness Factory or something like that in time and because <laughs> Sauce and I went over later when I was coaching and Sauce was Yeah. 
you know, part of my uh, the t- coaching team, and we caught up with him. But that was it. <laughs> did did Don ever show um, his softer side no. and the vulnerable no. Don Scott side? No. None. <laughs> None. Every game we played. But you and he have got a great relationship now. Yeah. No, he had a massive, like, huge influence. Yeah. Because for five weeks, you, you could not dare take a short step. Mm. If the ball went over your head, you just... I spent the lot. I spent the rest of the tour backing into packs and getting absolutely slaughtered. <laughs> and then you walk up and Don would give you a little well done. And if you didn't, oh, no, dirty. So, a very quick postscript. I wrote the Specky McGee books, right? Mm. And I wrote. We wrote one called yeah, "The Spirit of Oz," and it was basically based on this experience. And what happened is when we got to Ireland for this tour, there was a priest that got appointed to our team. To travel with us for five weeks to, like, you know, be the sort of go-between. Right. Brother. I can't remember his name. Right. Mike McDonald. I don't know. So he's great, part of the team and everything. And we we play seven games. So we win the five in a row, like smash these teams. We're getting a bit tired by the time we get back to Dublin. We get back to Dublin, the priest goes into the other team and 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 gives them all of our tactics. and A double agent. Double agent. <laughs> <laughs> You can't trust the clergy, Gary. I've always said Don, that Don, <laughs> headless. Like headless. He found out before the game that the, the, that the priest in the other team telling them, oh, yeah, no, there's a, this guy, Sylvain, he's a very good player, and that way, Rush Lane, he's good, and gave them the whole tactics, and they beat us. And Don, my God, Father, if he had got his hands on that priest, I don't know what would have happened. Anyway, I wrote about that in the book. That was in. I wrote about how this double agent priest is. Upset the whole apple cart, and that was a that was our tour. And Rossi was our he was sort of the spiritual leader. Ah, uh, the best selling was that one of the better selling uh, editions of uh, Specky McGee. We'll talk about that in our next rabbit hole if you like. Ronnie McKeown, remember Ronnie? Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, he played at 15, he played at sixteen years of age. I think Ronnie McKeown. He was on that tour, was he? Yeah, you have been like a man child, yeah. was he? He was the first one to have a drink. We we're all too scared to have a drink, and anyway, we went somewhere, and he got. He's drinking this orange, like I thought it was orange juice, vodka and orange. Ronnie led the way. On the dark side. He led the way. (laughs) What a tour. It's time to talk farming for Kubota. For over 40 years, Kubota's been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Have a lot of fun with the rest of the podcast, but this is where we get really serious. Uh, Kubota together with shaping and building Australia. Yep. Tim's um, a landholder, as am I. Yep. We take it seriously. Major landholders. And we try and share our experiences to help other fellow landholders. Yes. We've done fencing. Have we done fencing? Uh, yes, we have, yeah. We, we did duck shooting. Yes, chainsawing. Chainsawing. Wood compiling. Yep. All the big... Um, all the big um, you talked about... I think you talked about your sheep and your dorpers and how you keep them... Free range. Healthy and, yeah, all those sorts of things. This is an issue that you've been dealing with for quite some time. And Rod, is it Rod from Chisholm or Rod Chisholm? Rod Chisholm. Yeah. Rod Chisholm is an avid listener and he sent in what he thinks is going to help you because mm. you've had a dam that's been leaking, you alluded to on the podcast, since day one. Since day one, yep. Uh, Jackie Elliott did it, uh, did it to the best of... Jack Elliott. Jack Elliott is his name. Not did that Jack Elliott. No, not that Jack Elliott, but did it to the best of his ability and Which unfortunately... very good, not much ability. Well, we've had some problems and look, he's been back a couple of times to fix. I haven't seen him for a while, but uh, he tried to fix it. He couldn't fix it. It's still leaking. But I think we got to the bottom of it because this might be something that actually works. It's from a company called Polymer Innovations. And it's a powder. It's called the Water Save Plug. 
and uh, it's called a water save plug. Now, this might be very similar <coughs> to what my dad said to me that used because he said they used to put. Um, Excuse me, push the wrong button then. My dad said that they used to use uh, sawdust. Yeah, he said that. That's yeah, right. and what it would do is it would find the hole and then it would sort of like collect and congeal and then that yes. would work as a plug. But this sounds like a very similar product. It's a new blend of powder you put in your dam. So you don't need to sort of put on a frogman suit and go down underneath the water and see if you can plug the hole. It just sort of finds its own what do you mean? way in there. You just chuck the well, powder put, into the dam. You put the powder into the dam. It must float there, right? So obviously right. if the water's leaking out of your dam, yeah. at some point it'll start to flow. So it'll pick up the powder with it. And then the powder goes into where it's leaking and yeah. then it'll seal the hole. It sounds like a great, well, ingenious way. It can't be that good for the rest of the dam though. What do you mean? Well, what about the powder that doesn't go into the hole? All of it would go into the hole. All the powder. What, all the powder would go into one hole? Yeah, it's non-toxic and environmentally friendly what, as well. It, yours damn like a whirlpool, is it? Like, is it going out that quick? No, not that quick, but it goes it goes down to a certain level, obviously, where the hole is above that and then it doesn't. Um, it doesn't empty completely. What, but, if, what if there's a duck? Does he go down with it? Um, I don't know that it moves that quickly. I haven't seen any ducks disappearing on the top of the dam. <laughs> That's why you don't see any ducks. They've all gone down the hole. <laughs> anyway, this sounds like a great, great, right, great what's it idea. Called again? It's called, it's called um, Water Save Plug. Right. Are you going to give it a go? I'm going to give it a go. I've got to go. Non-toxic, environmentally friendly polymer innovations. Mm. Uh, your local distributor is um, Roddy. Is Roddy Chisholm the distributor? Or not? I don't know that he's the. He's, from, he's got an O2 number, so. Well, he's just maybe you have to fly him down. Maybe maybe we can, but um, I'm sure there's a lot a lot of people a lot of people listening to our program who've uh, been experiencing a similar problem with their dam. So this might be the solution you've been looking for, folks. And you've also had the value uh, this morning about the chainsaw tightening as well as an extra add-on for the pod. That's right. That's right. You Googled that, didn't you? <laughs> and you worked out that there's a little uh, bolt in there that you just get your screwdriver out and tighten. Yep. yep. Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Quick fire rabbit holes for TJM. Handle anything with XGS premium suspension by TJM. Visit your local TJM store for a free quote today. If you've got something you want us to address, uh, if you want to open up a rabbit hole for us, then yep. send it in to us uh, at Rabbit Hole SEN, and we're happy to, to wander down the hole. Yeah, we are. We are. And, we'll go uh, down any hole. We'll go down any hole. I want to go down this hole with you because uh, you're really interested in this topic. I'm not so interested, but it has got a sort of a segue connection to rabbit hole because one of the Kardashians or the Jenner, what's her name? Which one? The Jenner. A uh, Kendall? Kendall. Yeah, the Kendall, her boyfriend's a guy by the name of, a rapper by the name of Bad Bunny, mm. who's a Puerto Rican rapper. Uh, they were both at the Met Gala. What is it about the Met Gala that well, just of, the, you find interesting? I find it, well, I do find it interesting because it's like the congregation of the world's biggest posers. Right. Basically. They're dress-ups, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And I know it's a, there's a charitable arm to it, yep. which there needs to be. Otherwise, right. it would be just a total bunch of narcissists. But, yeah, the outfits are extraordinary. Um, I, I did say to you, I think she's a very, very attractive woman. Yes, you did say that. And you were uh, of the same opinion, right. but that's okay. But then I sat a look at some of the people who were in mm. there. Who was there? ASAP Rocky. All yep. the gear. Mm. The one that I meant, Doja, Doja Cat, is a, I'm not sure what she is. She's an actress or a musician or someone. But she had, <laughs> and she looked you know, well presented, but mm. then I'm looking closer. But she had a fair cat. Out, like a whole cat makeup on. 
<laughs> I can't even explain it. Anyway. Did she have whiskers? She had whiskers. Right. Like okay. she had a build up around her nose with right. whiskers. So obviously they had the makeup. Anyway. Right. So did did I, she sit down for dinner or did they bring some kitty litter and she no, just popped she had herself a bowl in of milk. <laughs> she just sat there. <laughs> a, I find oh, the whole no. thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah but you find it self indulgent. Well, it's just, I just wonder how narcissistic you've got to be to be able to dress in the manner that. And I right. cl- Clearly, it's a means to an end. Yes. I get it. I understand it. But to watch it unfold is. Bit harmless. A bit harmless, though, isn't it? Like a bit of fun getting dressed up and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're harming anyone. They're, they're, they've got the money. They'd be, or they'd be, you know, people be dressing them for free. But. God help me, some of the outfits were just extraordinary whispers. And then afterwards, what happened? I didn't realise What, this. the after party? They had an after party. Right. Then they basically- Where was that? They wear nothing. <laughs> well, you got to get undressed for the after party. Kendall Jenner had like a black G-string on and a see-through, like a mesh top. <laughs> hang on. Hang what? on. you gotta get you you got to get undressed, get your gear off that's to right. go to the after party. That's basically what I, that's how I read it. Right. Yes. Extraordinary. What was what was little little Nas? Little Nas. What did didn't, he get up in? Didn't see little Nas. He had a dinner, like black tie dinner jacket. Mm. Then he had a kilt. Right. I'm thinking, okay. And then he had a pair of jeans on. That's <laughs> well. I don't know, Tim. I found it funny. People out there. How may do you not. get an invite to this? I don't know. You have to be. Was somewhere. there any Australian? Daniel there? Ricardo was there. Oh yeah, huge. Well, that was a bit creepy though. He was just sort of standing off to the side, sort of looking, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, huge, huge, and Deborah. Huge. Yep. What was huge dressed in? No, he was because he doesn't really go outrageously. Tradition. They were both traditional. And Baz was there too, wasn't he? Baz Lerman, mm. Margot, Margot, as yep. I like to call. Them. Yep, yep. So we had we were well, well represented, good. but they weren't. Out. Kate there? Didn't see Kate. No. Right. Um, who else do we have rolling over there? In uh, what about the Hemsworths? No, didn't no. See they them. still at Byron, are they? Surfing. So no, I just wanted. To, I, I am fascinated with that. You wanted to talk about Giannis. You wanted to go down to Giannis. No, not Giannis. Giannis. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Or, or as Basil would say. Antetokounmpo. <laughs> yes. I, I found this fascinating. Okay. So they got uh, they were one of the favorites to win in the first round of the NBA Plus. He plays with Morky Bucks, you know, one of the great players up there in the NBA. And he was asked a question post-game. They've been turfed out in the first round. And this is the question and then the response and then, Garrity, I'm going to get a response from you after that. Yeah, I'm curious for you. Do you view this season as a failure? You asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay. Uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know. Um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. There's always steps to it. You know, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. Oh, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful. Some days you're not. Some days it's your turn, some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports about. You don't always win. Some other, other people's going to win. And this year, somebody else is going to win. You Similar agree? That. We're going to come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits, try to um, play better, not have a 10-day stretch with uh, playing bad basketball. You know, and hopefully we can win a championship. You agree with Giannis? No failures? 
I, I enjoy that uh, in this, that uh, back and forwards. <clears throat> I do. Man, I agree. I understand exactly what he's saying. The the question, the reporter is asserting that there can only be one success. That's right. And the only measurement of success, therefore, is a championship and anything less is a fu- – well, not asserting, but that was mm. the line of questioning. Mm. I thought of Giannis answered it beautifully. He said, not everyone's going to be win, but that doesn't mean you're failure. You get a promotion every time you yep. put it back on him. And it's as much as you learn and if you can grow. I think that's right. Holistically, that's right. It can only be one premier or one premier team or one championship team, yep. whatever you want to call it. But does that necessarily mean you've been a failure in the process? I'd say no. Yeah, I agree with him. I agree. Yeah. It was an interesting way to answer a question because you don't necessarily get a detailed answer like that to a question like that. And obviously the journalist goes out there and, you know, they've sharpened their pencil. They want a response. Um, that went right around the world, that response. And I think a lot of people that have played sports understood exactly what it was that he was saying. Just because we don't win every time. It doesn't mean to say that we don't want to win every time we go out there to play or we're attempting to win every time we go out there to play. But as sports people, as people that play any form of sport, you know, you, you don't always win. And in life, you don't always win. You've got to accept that sometimes you're going to get defeated. Sometimes it's, you know, maybe it's something you did yourself or maybe it's sometimes it's just purely because the opposition that you played is better than you. It's a, it's a really good topic because he is assuming that he knows – or let's just say that the reporter is saying that, Mm. that what motivates Giannis is one thing and one thing only. Mm. And everyone is motivated differently, right? So he says, oh, is it to feed feed your family? That that might be the most – his measurement of success is if I can play a sport and earn enough money to provide for my family, irrespective of win losses, Mm. then that is a success in my eyes. It's about – it's how you motivate yourself. And I talked to Max Gorn about this recently. You know, he said, I had to reset. He said, my motivation in my whole footy life is winning a flag. And now I've won it. Now what do I do? And how do I, how do I reset for mm. that? So you have to reset constantly. So How many years did you play? Six, fifth, 14. Seasons. And you, you never played in a premiership team, did you? No. So by some people's measurements, your total career would be a failure. Yeah. But you don't think your footy career was a failure, do you? No, because this is interesting. So then you go, right, how, why? And you go, because when I started, when I got to Melbourne, the measurement of success for me was to play one senior game, mm. right? So I debuted, tick. Okay, what's your next one? Oh, I want to play 50, tick. So then you go, and all of a sudden, you've got to reset all the way along. I want to play for Victoria because that's, yep, good. Okay, I measure that. And then they go, okay, when you get to 30 and your back's knackered and you've had 18 operations yep. and all that sort of stuff, why do you go again? Because I haven't got the one that I want. Mm-hmm. Which the, is? Which is the premiership. Yep. Now, in the eyes of some, you're right. It's not a fulfilled career. I fulfilled all my other stuff I wanted to do. I just didn't get that one. That's right. AFL calendar. Tick. <laughs> exactly right. Mr. Whispers. June. Did you have a problem? I want to go down the Kyle Sandilands rabbit hole. I meant oh, to ask hang you this. on. This is interesting. No, no, no. It's, it's very basic. Anthony Albanese, the the Prime Minister, was at the wedding. Mm. I read Andrew Bolt in the oh, Herald Sun, must have been. Mm, going politics. Yeah. Well, he just said, well, what sort of a look is it for the Prime Minister of Australia to be at the wedding of someone that he doesn't really know? He doesn't know him that well. If he's good mates with him and grew up mm. with him, he said no worries. But he, he doesn't know him, but he went because mm. he's the most popular you know, media person for a certain demographic. Therefore, you know, that that works well for mm. Albanese. But he's there and he's got some colourful, let's say colourful um, uh, 
best friends and Carl. People. Kyle has. Oh, Carl. Kyle, yeah. But Carl was there too, wasn't he? Yeah, no. Not, you I mean, mean he was one no, of the more colourful than him. Oh, more. Okay. With, with, you know, uh, criminal background yep. and, you know, links to crime, right. all that sort of stuff. So, and that's okay. You can make your own yeah. judgment on that. But should that be the place that the Prime Minister of the country is at? Well, what else was on at the time? <laughs> was there anything bigger or better? You're or not answering this seriously. More injury? Oh, I'm, I'm Did you have to. an issue with the Prime Minister being there? No, I didn't have an issue. Did he get a plus one? Did he? Yeah. yeah. So he was there for the entire wedding ceremony? Did he have to get up and speak or did he have well, to do initi- anything formal? Initially, I think tongue-in-cheek, he was said he could come along and DJ, which he might have said, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he likes his music too. But um, he was there and, mm. you know, he, they when asked about it, he said, well, I didn't, I didn't make the invite list, but he accepted it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, in, in life, you've got to make those judgments, don't you, about uh, whose company you keep. Because my dad, my wise dad, once said to me, you know, if you lie down with dogs, you get up with fleas. Let's just leave it there, okay? All right. Got any others you want to get to? <laughs> um, you know what? I, I, I was really, I know I mentioned this briefly to you during the week about Sardinia, the island. Oh, yeah. the, and and that's, that's where you and I need to go because I think that's where your next business opportunity is. The people live to 100 and they drink well, a lot of wine. Well, a lot of people live to 100. A young bloke there is an 89-year-old bloke who's still climbing up on a ladder and picking olives. And it's their Mediterranean diet. He's the youngest bloke there. He's probably the youngest bloke on the <laughs> island. Okay, he's 89 years of age. They call him uh, young Joe or something like that. But the point is they drink three half glasses of red wine a day, right? No more than that. They won't drink any more than that. They space out their three half glasses of red wine. It's a local red wine. And my point to you was, because you're always looking for a business opportunity, yes. you and I should go to Sardinia. Mm. We should lock away some sort of a deal with them, export that wine to all parts of the world and bottle it as this great wine that'll ensure you live a long, fruitful and happy life. Oh. Well into your hundreds. My question to you is this. What? If I go six days without a glass of wine mm. on the 7th, can I have 21 half glasses? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. No. You specifically have to right. drink the three half glasses of the local red each day. All right. Next week on The Rabbit Hole, I know you're a foodie. I want you to bring in the things that you eat that you think help you sustain a good, healthy life and that perhaps might push you towards that 100. Okay. Can you do that next week? Yes, I've got a high-fiber diet, no, just in case no. you're interested. <laughs> I know. Well, thank you for that. That was the quick fire rabbit holes for TGM. Handle anything with XGS premium suspension by TJM. We're off into the week. Uh, Big week. Today is the day that the AFL are about to announce the 19th licence. It's a massive day for Tasmania. They're going to get it down. They're going to get the licence down there. Gil McLaughlin's down there. So big day for AFL football followers. This has been the Rabbit Hole Whispers for Tyre Power. I told you the Pirellis are great, but this week... Get four for three on Falcon Wild Peak all-terrain tyres. I'll be dropping into Ian. <laughs> right, you trusted tyre experts. That's tyre power. This has been The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Keeping you safe on the roads. Tyrepower.com.au.
Tune in to 1116 SEN each Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 6 to 9am to hear SEN Breakfast with Gary and Tim.